everybody, and welcome to the Tim Shell Podcast, where we cover the sacred creative process of engaging scripture with modern eyes. I am your host, Bonnie Lewis, and with me, as always, is Jeremy Armstrong. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Gosh, it's been a it's been a week. It's been an, it's been two weeks. It's, it's been three months. Yes. We we are recording in the midst of a global pandemic. Yes. yes and yes, also, yes. Uh, was it two weeks ago today, or two weeks ago, or a week ago, um, was when um, the awful videos and footage of George Floyd came out. Right. Yeah. So, uh huh. So right. So we're we're in the midst of just double pandemic, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know that you know it's it we're we're couching this in history right now, but uh, we know that people aren't necessarily you know listening to them right right away, and some of these things are getting kind of delayed in our in our release of them. But 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 this moment in time mm-hmm. is is going to go down in history, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and for so many different reasons. Uh, and obviously the, the pandemic is one thing we've actually been living with that for, for, for longer. Um, but the more, the more immediate thing on our, on our radar and in, in our lives, um, has been, you know, the tragedy, um, you know, of George Floyd and, and what that has done to the country and what mm-hmm. that has done to people individually. Yeah. And we're just, we're, we're, grieved this Mm -hmm. and we're fighting and we're confused and and we just were talking about this earlier and we and we don't want to add gravity to gravity right now it's just Mm -hmm. so much that's coming at us from so many different sides um but we're here you know this is where we're at and and i think uh, bonnie and i were chatting about this earlier and we're like uh interesting because we were planning to to record this this um this uh, this this podcast about Babel last week, which is kind of yeah. funny, but both of us got caught off guard by um, uh, Memorial Day, the yeah. holiday, yes. And so we're like, well, let's just let's just um, let's do that next week. Yeah. So in the midst of between here and then, this whole world has shifted, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. again on on its you know uh, right yeah. on on top of itself. You you what you know your your husband hasn't been able to go to work for for you know, for a couple months and then all of a sudden for another reason, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know it's been crazy. It's one thing on top of another. And what a shock to say, like I was, we were discussing how weird is it that the pandemic, it was all about the pandemic. And now all of a sudden nobody's even talking about the pandemic, right. but it's still there. Right. Um. And so and to me, I'm like, gosh, that really puts things in perspective that what is happening in our country right now. And then even globally, I've seen pictures of riots yeah. and, um, yeah. Yeah. protests and different things in in all these different countries of saying like i hope the weight of this sets in that this is so big and so important yeah that it is, has distracted the whole world from a global yeah. pandemic yes it's something is outshining the sun right now yeah. you know in some ways it's like this mm-hmm. it's cat the sun is casting a shadow mm-hmm. because there's something bigger you know it's yeah. a it's a bigger issue than yeah. Which is just crazy to say because already like we, you know, but I mean, you got to say his name. George Floyd will go. We will always remember him and yeah. and we need to, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's there's anyway. So once again, to to to, to add gravity to gravity and we're not going to try. We're going to try not to do that so much. There's so much to be said. We're not actually the perfect people to talk about it Two two right. white people, you know, from <laughs> middle class America, yeah. you know, but at the same thing, at the same time, something you and I have talked about too is 
as a you know as like a man speaking up for women or like mm-hmm. a like a person with an able-bodied pe- person speaking up for people with disabilities you know yeah. we have a responsibility to yeah. join in the conversation mm-hmm. and to at the very least or you know as people are saying now listen to elevate yeah listen <laughs> and elevate uh voices from people of color yeah right right exactly um so we're going to we're we're going to we're going to get to that because mm-hmm. it, but we're not going to you know hopefully we'll do it in a in a way that makes sense, you know, to to our, to our mission, um, mm-hmm. you know, and to and to and to the to the book that we're talking about here, the Bible and the Tim Shell translation of it and mm-hmm. stuff. That, like I said, the funny thing is, you know, we're all of a sudden, um, you know, the Spirit put um, Babel on our plates today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you know, it's just such a. And can you mind if I? And this is that we were just we were going to chat about like where Babel comes from, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that we'll get to those things. It's just so funny to me that like, okay, all of a sudden. All this stuff happens, and we have kind of the early race story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. Which is so. I'm glad we're reframing it because how many times have you been like, "Oh, Babel, that story is weird and boring." And even, um, even when we wrote it, I was like, ah, "Should we include it? Should we not?" But it was like, no, it has so much. Right. It serves the story in and of itself serves as such a framework for so much else. Yes. You know, it and it absolutely it's, does. Yeah, we have to understand that. And and here's why. And the good thing about it is the, we have a lot of license with Babel, mm-hmm. and because <laughs> for and one of the things is too that when if if someone was to tell you, hey, oh, you know that story in the Bible um, where God spread everybody and they and then and then gave them different cultures and different languages, you would your first answer would be yes, Babel. However, the there's another story too. So there, it's it was the flood. Yeah. So. Interestingly, uh, the Tower of Babel is this story that we've given to. Okay, this is where Yahweh God, you know, spread all the languages, diversified everybody, except for which is wonderful. I love right. this. Um, you love this, <laughs> but yeah. the Bible contradicts itself. Like ten verses before, like honestly, if you're reading <laughs> through, you're like, this was ha- this was what twenty seconds ago that I just read <laughs> that this that the seventy nations. Were spread onto them into the earth, you know, and they were right. and they were commissioned to spread and multiply. And now all of a sudden, you're telling me that everything was connected together to one city, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. So anyway, so once again, like we have the creation story, plural. Yeah, plural. <laughs> you know, we have a diversification of um, culture stories, mm-hmm. um, and one can be kind of that could be seen partially as like. Well, this is the this is the intended way, and one can be kind of seen as a social commentary. There's a lot of different things, um, partially because this is getting we're going to get a little nerd talk, but I love this stuff. It's yeah. um, you know this was written or edited. Genesis was edited while um, the uh, w- while the Israelites were um, in exile in. Mm-hmm. Babylon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the curtain is revealed. Right. So they're in this place and they're like, okay, how do we kind of dig at these guys? You know, there's, you know, this was one of the ways that they were able to bring the curse of Babylon all the way back to the very beginning, you know, saying these guys have always been a kind of God's never really liked them. <laughs> you well, know? Yes. So, yeah. You know, so, so this is where obviously this is going to happen and this is where the, this, this curse is going to come from. And in this case, it's a curse. And in the previous uh, dispersion, it's you know it's a uh, it's a blessing. It go out and 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 um, fulfill the world. Anyway, that's a little bit of the history of the Tower of Babel. And so when I say that, I think it's like we've talked about you know the 
the the different sources of the Old Testament and where the editors knew this. Right. This wasn't like a shock to them. They didn't weren't sitting here going, "Hey, people in the Enlightenment age are going to say the Bible do- doesn't contradict itself." Mm-hmm. And yet you're contradicting yourself right here. They're like, "No, no, no." What we're trying to do is reveal the multiple angles, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> the, the the very many different dimensions of, mm-hmm. of this, and like we've talked about in Proverbs before, even put them back to back. You know, yes, <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Where there's like this tradition is kind of saying this. Let's let's broaden that. Let's expand that. This tradition here says this, and what does that mean for the the complexity of our relationship with God and where God is moving us as a people and is moving us towards a specific, you know, towards a goal, right? Um, so I we, love that. we interpreted it, you know, we, we did the Tim shell. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me just say one thing. When you just said that, when you juxtapose those two stories, I love that you did that because it reminded me of what we talk about. We've said so many times, but like, how we um, talk about things, how we think about things designates what they become in our lives. So mm-hmm. if I'm like, I have to do this thing, that's going to feel heavy. It's going to feel like a weight. It's going to feel like a burden versus yeah. I get to do this thing that cha- right. that changes our perspective. So how different to read a story where something is a blessing, the many different cultures and languages is a blessing versus a curse. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's so apparent right now Um, in all these talks where everybody's having, right? Because there are some people who see, oh my gosh, I had no idea that people of color in the black, in the black community has been, um, oppressed in this way. Let me learn. Let me listen. What a gift. Let me, let me amplify their voices. And then you have some people that view it as a threat to their own power, right? Like equality to them is feeling like oppression. And it's so hard because it's like, it reminds me of if we could just take a minute, all of us, and sort of step back and even just try on different words mm. and notice what shifts inside of us when we talk about things. Um, some of us might stick with our same perspectives, but I do think a lot of it, a lot of our perspectives would change. Absolutely, and yeah. Yes, I think there's so much, (laughs) so much to be said. And then let's, and let's, uh, let's get there. We're going to get there. We're not, we're not going to shy away from that. But why don't you share with me a little bit about like some, the empire that you, that, that you were envisioning and maybe, yeah, let's look at our text and then hopefully, and I think that that conversation will naturally evolve possibly out of, out of what we, out of what we we go through. Yeah. So, um, like I said, Babel, the story was always kind of boring to me. It was kind of like yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was also like one of the stories, it was a Sunday school story. And right. it never made <laughs> tons of sense. It was just like, if you disobey God, you won't understand your family. I mean, like basically, <laughs> that's what I got from it. Okay, good. Um, I always and, imagine that, the, oh, I'll get to this later, but I always, I remember the flannel graphs and the, the Tower of Babel was like a straight Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just I, that was just such a strong and all and it yeah we we can get there later but the but it, what it probably was was a ziggurat. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was <laughs> not like basic. that thing. I know. But but the flannel graph image will is always in my mind. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it's so good. So I wanted to set it up um, to really discuss empire was my main goal and putting it in right. here because then we have anytime you see empire in scripture it's a it should be a flag that like something's off. Somebody has too much power and is trying to create an empire, a city, 
um, something that is going to strong arm someone else, right? Like empires are always built and made at the expense of someone else's freedom hmm. in the Bible. And so we see, we wanted empire because then, for example, we see in Ezekiel um, that she, uh, the prophet is pulled from the empire out into the wilderness. So it's a backdrop for a lot of stuff, but it's also a big story about power. It's a story about what happens when um, someone is in power and someone is seeking to get more power and how oftentimes that comes at the expense of others. Um, it's also a story um, about advancement in technology. So like, for example, the bricks that were used, I think we have it in here. One second. Um, right. They were baked. What was that? They were baked as opposed to mud. Yeah, right? exactly. So they, they used to use these, like, exactly what you're saying, like sort of circular mud um, to build these buildings or walls or whatever it is they were building. And then this was a new advancement. Like, let's bake these bricks and they're harder substance. And now we can build different shapes. We can build different heights. We can build different. So it's like bigger is better. And so you see this uh, ruler, Nimrod, and his goal is to basically just be like the biggest and the best king. But what's interesting about it is that he also does that because they had this deep belief in God, in, in gods that they would come and dwell among the people um, mm -hmm. and favor people. So like they would pick and choose. I'm going to give you the most blessing. I'm going to give you the most whatever. So he was like, we need to build these, this huge ziggurat, these huge buildings so that God only comes to us and favors us. Mm. So I will have the biggest empire, but we will have the most blessing. We'll have the most, the most everything. And so it's, it's a story about advancement technology. It's a story about power hungry. It's a story about oppression. It's a story about empire. And it's a story about, I mean, something that's so prevalent in American culture, which is um, we are the best, we're the biggest nation, and therefore <laughs> we're blessed by God. Or controlling. I mean, what, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. exactly. And it's controlling that is some, and like it's the age old story that goes back to our um, Genesis pods, you know, mm -hmm. or Genesis. We're in Genesis still, <laughs> but but yeah. the uh, the the creation story stuff where here's how I am going to control the situation, you know, and and it's it's okay or it's not okay, but to, to but it, there's it's one thing to be like, well, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, we're the, we're we're always going to be this, but it's it's another thing to make that so important that you have to control it and control everything around you, mm -hmm. um, and and that like you've been like you were saying, they were controlling God's grace, yeah, by and in this case. Who knows who they? I mean, Yahweh steps into this story, but he wasn't necessarily their god. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah. There are multiple gods here, and um, and 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 this and oh, th here's the history lesson, real quick too. Um, not that I'm a historian, but <laughs> I love I love reading these things. But there's the ziggurats, you know, are, is what you would ha think of. You know, they're they're these these big kind of they're kind of uh, 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 triangle looking buildings. And they were called. They were they were called like um, reaching to the to the skies. You know that's how they they and some of them were even named like the stairs to the stairway to heaven. You know the stairs yeah. to stairways to the skies. They're they're they 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 touch the skies. So that language <laughs> is common in this in this era. So it's like when when we say that it's going to reach to the sky, you know. It's nothing overly crazy about about that. It's not like right. this, this. It's not the the leaning tower of, of Pisa that 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 continued to build upwards. It's just it was a ziggurat, probably a big, huge one, you know, possibly. Yeah, it's probably huge. Yeah. Um, and they also these were these were built next to temples, and they were 
specifically, like you said, and I'm, I'm kind of just repeating what you said, but I love this. I love couching in, in, in the archaeology of this. They, they, they believed that getting that close to the skies is like where the mountains, you know, you know, the verse, where does my help come from? It comes from the mountains because they're touching the skies where the, that's in, in, you know, that's where the gods dwell. That's where they dwell. Yeah. So they needed a, like, they needed a stepladder. Right. <laughs> to yeah. Get, to get down to the human, to the human realm. Isn't that hilarious? It, like, yeah. I mean, we do stuff like that all the time now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, give me yeah. a sign or like, I kind of make like, okay, God, I see that you, you can't get to me. You can't yes. tell me what you want to say. So yes. I'm going to, I'm going to make right. this stepladder of sorts. And yeah. exactly. And, and so we either, you have the mountains where the, where the gods can come down or let's just build here. Like we said, the control, uh, I don't need to go to the mountain. You know, let's, let's build it. Let's build a mountain here, you know, yeah. and then that way we're assured that the only place that the gods can come down it, and, or will they will come down is here in this place. And that's, those are typically, that's not where worship happened. It happened. The temples were built next, next to the door. It was like a dwelling so, spot. Yeah. Wait, yeah. let me read what we wrote and then keep going. Yes. So it's yes. like couched in there. To ensure a blessing on his empire, Nimrod devised a plan to manipulate the divine. A ziggurat would be built, a tall building with stairs on all four sides and an altar on the top. It would be the dwelling place for the gods. Located next to the temple, the gods would only desire to dwell within their city. Its height would reach the heavens, its, magnificent unpar- its magnificence unparalleled, playing directly into the divine ego. With the gods continually present, Nimrod's people would have full access, always satiating their needs and receiving their blessings. They would finally belong to one another. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in that, it, you can see why that's offensive to Yahweh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, this has nothing, this is, this has nothing of Yahweh written, uh, written in it at all. It, it has ancient, you know, uh, Bronze Age connection to to deities written in it which is you know which is let me do this and get this it's transactional <laughs> the age-old transactional requirements yep. to get heavenly blessings yep. you know and and the other thing about this was once again hearkening back to the creation story um you know the earth is god's dwelling place mm. you know mm-hmm. and, and, I, and i love that so the heavens aren't god's dwelling place the, the earth is the temple. It's the sanctuary, you know, and, and, and I love to do, we love to do this. We, you know, putting these ancient stories side by side, you know, this, this, um, you know, the Babylonian tradition of ziggurats next to the, the Israelite tradition of no, this, this world is his dwelling place and you don't invite God, <laughs> you know, or you, you can't invite God or you, you don't coerce God, you know, he already exists in this he's place. He's already there. Yeah. He's, he's, as we have said, he even, he, um, incarnates in this yeah, place. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. all his, it's all good. And all we're doing is joining into that. And our attempt to take control over that is kind of our big flaw. <laughs> that's, yeah. our, that's our that's our classic, you know, problem in this whole mm-hmm. in this whole situation. Yeah, and we see it. Um, we see it happen in micro ways, like in our own lives, and then we see it in big macro situations in governments right. and in right. other empires. I mean, so many times I can think of um, what this has felt like in American culture of like, oh my gosh, we're, this is all this president is doing, whoever it might be, or this is what that leader wants to do, or you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. Um, that's tough. Controlling, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know the interesting thing is, you know, we no matter what side we fall on, and we're not going to get political here or anything like that. But no matter what side we fall on, we all succumb to this. Yeah, we all want the control. 
we all want the blessing or we believe that there's the blessing in in our approach to how we invite how we have controlled God into our setting you know and and that is what is kind of some of the origins some of the issues that creates where we're at today not with the covid necessarily but with uh with with the the race struggle you know yeah. going on right now mm-hmm. it's this it's this it's this understanding that they that that God's coming to my side <laughs> that yeah. I mean, there's an issue there right i mean there's 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 something there's something to be said about that that starts with this story in some ways mm-hmm. yeah well if you think about it so one of the big things i've learned and i have so much more to learn um but some of my favorite um, people of color that I follow, Christina Cleveland is one. She's this amazing theologian. Um, she was a professor at Duke, and now she's not anymore. And she um, has a Center for Justice, which is amazing. So she's a great one. Latasha Morrison is another great one. And one thing, and I have many more that we can put up as we release this episode. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I learned from Latasha specifically was this idea of systemic racism. And that so much, um, whether it be overt or or covert, uh, yeah. racism is baked into this idea of systemic privilege, and yeah. and that like it is baked into our culture that a certain group of people has said, "I get, I I get this," or it, even if they don't mean to say it, right? It's yeah, like it's right. the way the systems are set up. Right. So I was going to ask you to define yeah. just systemic or systematic even, you know, what is that? What is that? Can you just like one on one that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, like, so for example, I just like shared this really great video that was, it was like, this is a good way to explain it. Right. So if you have two children um, and they live just like different streets apart, you have one child who's white and then you have one child who is black and the child that goes to, um, uh, they go to different schools and the child that um, the black child that goes to his school, it is um, only funded by tax dollars. Okay. So that school has different, it's not funded very well. The teachers aren't paid very well. They don't have extracurricular activities. They don't have the latest technology, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the child who is white and goes to a different school, his school is not only funded by tax dollars, but is also funded by people. So he has newer technology. He has better classroom setup. His teachers are paid better. He has access to tutors, stuff that the other child doesn't have. So even though they grow up streets away from each other, yeah. they are immediately um, afforded different opportunities. Yeah. And um, this video I posted talked about how like just decades after the Civil War, what happened is that people started mapping off, it's called redlining, areas yeah. of the city um, that would, would be profitable profitable and that wouldn't well because it's not as we all know a war ends and our bias doesn't right right so um as this is happening uh people of the black community would say i want to buy a house or i want to do this and studies have shown that um they have been discriminated against and haven't been afforded the same opportunities to buy a home yeah or to go to select colleges um now it's a lot different but back then it was not and uh buying a home is the number one way for Americans to like build wealth and equity and going to college. So they get a great job. So if people are not afforded the same opportunities based on the right. color of their skin, um, it's all around us. Right. And, and more than just, like you said, more than just the color of the skin, 
if a white person was put into that school, you know, and, and sure, that let, let's not blur those lines too much, but they were put into a system. That's why it's yes. systemic, you right. know, yeah. that is going, it's working against them, you know. And so it's, 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 it's not even just the fact that, you know, it's, it's beyond just color of skin. That's what placed them there, you know, in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're, once yeah. you're put into this, into this particular system or you are in, in and, and this is like, um, you know, people oftentimes, you know, when we talk about race or we talk about racism, you know, oftentimes people will say, well, I'm not racist, you know, or I'm not, I don't, I don't hate people of, of different, you know, races and religions. And that's probably true. Right. That is <laughs> you know, probably true. It, yeah. Most people around us, you know, or in my world, not, not, not in the not whole everybody. world, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, in, in, they, they have a lot of love in their hearts. Right. And a lot of compassion. And actually, what's hard for them is when they get yelled at, telling that they're racist. You know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like, that's going to, you know what that's going to do? It's going to cause backlash. You know, it's going right. to cause a, an emotional response to that. And people who are actually really loving um, to. So, what we're talking about here is moving away from the idea of saying, okay, well, you're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist. Like individual and, racism. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And understand that there's more to it than just that there is there are systems in place you know and much like this the um the you know the systems in empire you know that 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 privilege that give privilege to a certain um to to certain people you know i I think about this too with the with with my son you know i want my son to have every opportunity you know right who doesn't? Um, I, yeah, I want, and I want to, I want to do everything I possibly can for my white son, my white right. male son, <laughs> right. to have every opportunity to succeed and to become everything that he possibly can. Um, and this is moving a little bit away from syst- systemic uh, racism, but I could never, I could never imagine having a conversation with him and having to say, "My boy, when the cops come, just be quiet. When the cops come." Just put your head down because I'm afraid because I'm afraid for your life. You know, I, I, I don't I, I don't have that experience. No, I don't have it. You know, and 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 so so there's and and some people do, you know, so mm-hmm. this is this is this is the situation. I know that I'm not on the surface like, oh, I hate those people. I hate those people. And right. so many people around us. However, this this situation, is the reality exists right it totally exists we have george floyd you know to prove it right because we have these systems like you said and then we also do have people that are racists we do um which is why so there's things that keep people down in systems and then there are people that kill people because of the color of their skin we're reading this book um and obviously it's super hard but i'm like like so currently speaking i'm reading white fragility because i have Mm -hmm. not read it yet um, and I am reading with, we're reading with Chip, this book called Ghost Boys. Um, and it is about a 12 year old boy who's playing in a park and a cop thought that he was armed. And so the cop shoots him and kills him. So we're reading this book and we read the first like three chapters last night over dinner because <laughs> that's a, ch- <laughs> why not? <laughs> I, but it was like one of those things. I'm like, if I was like, when should I read it? And I'm like, there is yeah. no good time no. to write and- approach it but we're trying to have chip understand like what we're talking about we're trying to educate him and the city we live in is actually very diverse um and it's been very interesting because 40 percent of Chip's school um gets free meals so when the pandemic hit 
um, Chip was like, what are those kids going to do? What do they get? What are they going to do? And thankfully they opened up the cafeterias and people could still get, still get the food. So we're talking about it in this book. They explain it. They tell you like what the mom feels like and the fear she has and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But they also explain what the neighborhood looks like, uh, what the parents do for a living. So after we read a few chapters, we like stopped and we're like, Chip, name as many differences as you can between your life and his life from the get-go. And he was like, well, he has to walk to school and I don't. You drive me. Um, he, both his parents work all day and you and dad have our home a lot. Like it was a lot of different, yeah. you know, so we were yeah. able to really dive in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted to say this, when we were talking about Babel and this, these systems, right? Okay, pretend that <laughs> Nimrod's plan worked. Okay, <laughs> pretend that God didn't like intervene and this whole thing happened. If you were a child in that empire, you would be grown up with the narrative right. that we did this, the gods live here, the gods favor us because we're better, because we deserve it, because we right. whatever. So before you even have a chance to think for yourself, that narrative would be baked inside not only your head, but in every interaction you saw. Like yes. that's the lens. Um, it wouldn't have been your fault, but it still no. would have been there, right? So that's how these sis, um, systemic racism and uh, privilege, this is how that stuff works itself out. Is like there's a lens before we even so we have to undo some of that lens in order to understand right. it. And 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 you you can't just undo it. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna naturally happen. Right. Right. <laughs> you have it takes you work. have to. You have to be very intentional about it. And yeah. and what you're you know, the idea of it's it's when you're when you're born into a situation, like you said, it just it's all encompassing. It's everywhere. It's it's not just everywhere you look. It's not just what people are told. It's not what people are telling you. It's it's the air that you breathe. You know, like mm -hmm. you said, it's the lens that you're giving. I mean, these are all metaphors that just are they kind of fall flat because it's it's like it's more than just that. You're it's the soil out of which you've grown. <laughs> you know, and and so that's just your outlook. Um, and and when and and here's the other. Oh, here's one of my favorite things. One of my you that and it, and this goes back to Tim Shell too. Um, so when he, when he talks about um, through the labor of the people, when uh, we you wrote this through the labor of the people, their ideas Wait, what became. What page are you on? Sorry, I'm looking at page fifty six. Okay. So um, I just want to follow labor, along. <laughs> right. Every so time you can tell we me when read I mess it, up. no. Every time we read it, I, t I feel like I'm reading it for the first time, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. That's or wonderful. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot. Okay, go ahead. Um, through the labor of the people, their ideas became indistinguishable. Mm -hmm. um, beliefs circulated among them, each one confirming the other idea, the other's ideas about the gods, how to live, what to build, where to place the next brick and why it was also pivotal to get it perfect. And I would add to that, <laughs> the beliefs circulated, um, you know, other ideas about the gods, how to live, how to treat others, um, how who's more important, what's the best uh, political approach to this situation. These are circulating ideas that, that become confirmed with yeah. one another. Yeah, you know, and so to me, this is that's a nut. That's there, we you know we mentioned um, we mentioned like uh, sy systemic uh, racism. Yep. And you know, and we mentioned you know actual what everybody considers racism. You know, <laughs> like you know white power, white supremacy, which is almost 
nobody in my world would ever disagree that that's evil. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, there's one more thing that I, that I wanted to bring up too, yeah. and that's um, hidden cultural biases. <laughs> mm, yeah. And to, and in all honesty for in uh, for for the people for me <laughs> and so when I say me I say in my world this is one of the most tangible ways that people can fight racism is mm-hmm. to understand that there are hidden cultural biases at play. And it, and and it's what you just what you just said too, you know. Um there's something that's just ingrained in us. And and beyond that, these things are called they're co- they're called cognitive biases. So what that means is and what I don't know what that specific means, but but these are things that are just like a pet um pet uh fascination for me. Like yeah. uh, let me let me mention a couple of them. So like let's just say uh like a belief bias. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a belief bias is something. Oh, here, I actually have like a little, a little thing I'm going to pull up. It's oh, a, uh, for myself. It's a, not for you. It's for, uh, but belief bias is it's the conclusion. So you're, it's in like any type of argument or any type of interaction with somebody. And, and I know I'm kind of feeling like I'm going left field here, but it, no, I'll bring I'm, it back. I'm, I'm, I'm about all the fields, Jeremy. Okay, good, <laughs> I good, love good. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, belief bias is the conclusion you, you, you believe we tend to, we tend to, uh, agree or gravitate towards any. So let's just say like on your Instagram feed or let's right. let your news, Apple news feed, you know, you're going to get barraged by all kinds of articles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take this to the, to the, to the lowest level and, and, and you're going to get you're going to see all kinds of you're going to see all kinds of things on the news you're going to see every 100 different points of view and there's just there are there are just there even with covid there's going to be 10 different scientific researches available to you about why you wear a mask or why you don't wear a mask you know all these types of things so the way that you act on the way that you choose to make a to wear a mask has less to do with actually the information <laughs> <laughs> and more to do with these biases, yes. you know? So like a belief bias is, you know, if you are, that you already believe something, so you'll listen to the arguments that support that belief, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's also, there's like, let's just say there's, there's a, there's so many of these things. And these are, these are, these are documented psychological biases that, that occur to, in us. Like there's like a self-serving uh, biases, you know, you believe that your failures are due to external factors and not something that you've done. So that's a bias. Uh, then there's like the backfire effect when if there's an argument, if you get challenged, it's going to cause you to believe even more strongly in what yeah. you're saying, just despite mm-hmm. what despite what um, evidence is out there. Um, your your yes. argument's going to get stronger. You know what I mean? So yes. these are just just biases. My favorite one, <laughs> and I think this is what we're talking about here in some ways, is confirmation bias. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's just that belief that uh, or that bias that happens um, when people are that that people echo. If somebody says what I believe, if somebody gives me the argument for something that I already think, I am going to just entrench myself. That's that's going to be the one I go to. Mm, so yeah. Uh, so anyways, these are these are biases, and 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 the only way to kind of get rid of biases is to intentionally pick at them. And to be aware of what uh, that they're there. Um, the what one the the where the, where I was heading with this is that there are also um, subconscious biases, and I call this I personally call this subconscious racism, or it's also called um, s- implicit association. Man, this is getting all so super crazy. But there's I these tests it. you can you can take um, where it proves to you. You can look it up. It's called not writing it right this second, but it's called like implicit association. Okay, so you take these little tests. And you um, 
you like associate words. Let's just let's take like Islam and and uh, and Jew and Judaism, and you and they like associate like um, terror, terrorism, and um, or um, ugly, nasty, beautiful, and and you have to like you kind of click which one you want to you want to go to. Oh gosh, <laughs> I gotta take this now. It's just they're, and they're really crazy. And the interesting thing about it, and you can do it with races as well. And that's where mm. it gets a little bit a little bit intense because you start saying, "Yeah, whoa." I didn't know I had I'm, that in me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like you're pausing and you you're like, "Oops, wait, why am I pausing?" You know, you don't think you're not really thinking about it and you're like trying to associate it to the right thing, but your your body almost just doesn't move there. Right. Okay. So yeah. these things are they 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 this so what that sh- helps show and the, you, Malcolm Gladwell one time he wonderful writer who um wrote the um so many different books but one in one of his books he was talking about this specifically and he's um he said, "You know, as as a black man, I took this and I'm subconsciously biased towards white people. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. um, it, it, it's it. So you look at this and you say, OK, there's something deeper, way deeper than just I don't like black people, you know, or I do like black people or I do like Asian people or I don't like Russians or I don't. like. You know, that's just part of it is um, we're always going to be distrustful let me just say this of people who look different from us yeah that's one of our that's one of the characteristics of um evolutionary man (laughs) it was it was a survival trait for so long of our history that it just is ingrained in us Mm -hmm. so to pretend that to pretend that that doesn't exist is it 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 dishonors the stories of other people and the reality of what's going on here. And then so to well, and it's like so funny because it makes you think that like, well, no one distrusts me. Right. right? <laughs> but that's not true. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so but anyways, so a couple. So when I whenever for me, um, when I talk about racism, it's it's less about um, my person. Like we said, my personal white supremacy. I don't I'm, I'm not that. A lot of the people, most of the people in my world aren't that, but I do have subconscious biases. And, and what I can do today, there's a lot of things that people could do. There's a lot of options out there, but one of the things we can do is, is learn about them, get informed, get informed about the, what you just did too. Like you just told a story specifically and you're telling your son a story that helps him to empathize with people who are different than him. To right. understand that this is what this is what's going on. What, but there's more to it too. To understand in myself that I have these biases, you know, and I have these cognitive things that that contribute to this problem. I'm not a I'm not out there with you know carrying a swastika, but I I do have an enemy within me. I have a cultural bias. I have a racist tendency within me, and if you can't say that, you you're part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's so true. I think it was Angela Davis that said, it's not enough to be anti-racist. You have to be actively anti-racist. You have to say, call it out at all levels, including, and maybe first, the one that's inside of me. Yes. Yeah. And we're not calling you a bad person. We're calling you a human being at that point. So, which is why it's tough because the word racism is so baggaged, obviously. Um, that's why I like the idea of cultural biases, but at the same time, it's that's not strong enough. You know what I mean? To, yeah, to, like racism fits it. Yes, it, it does. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a necessarily um, it, strong word. You know, and it has to be used. Yeah, that that mm-hmm. has to be used. And so the encouragement for me is just like 
find the enemy within mm-hmm. yeah. before I start fighting the enemy without. Because my therapist always says this. She says, if you're looking for something, you're going to find it. So when I get anxious about things, mm. I'll say, and then this confirmed my anxiety and this confirmed. And she's like, but that was only because you were looking for it. Right. Does that make sense? You are looking yeah. for something to confirm it. And the same thing yeah. is true. So if you don't see the enemy within, yeah. if you don't yeah. see your biases, everything around you will confirm it. Right. Because you're you're looking for it. That's the you're, lens you're looking through. It's what you're looking for. And it's the and it's your brain works in front of it. It's another bias, you know. It mm-hmm. it filters out everything else. Yes. <laughs> just totally. like you just said. In your life, you could have had success, 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 and then one bad review. <laughs> and, and what then, did your and your brain filtered out it, like as if they didn't even exist, and it confirmed yeah. you're a failure. You know what I mean? It's like, or, see, I knew it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and so I love that we did here because we said when they uh, Yahweh confused their languages, each tongue spoke something different, and looking at one another in bewilderment, they dispersed themselves. When they could no longer understand one another, they no longer affirmed each other's plans and belief, mm. and they left off building the ziggurat. This place is called Babel because Yahweh made their speech incoherent and they were scattered all over the earth, each left with their own language and tongue, learning to rely on the inner voice <laughs> to navigate the journey with the divine. Oh, I love that. Because so going back to what you first said, it really was seen as like a curse. Yeah. But what actually a gift? Yeah. You go, no, no, no. I'm not this circular thinking, yeah. this bias that someone's better, this uh, view of empire. Um, nope, no longer. Instead, we're, we're going to look inward. We're going to find me different. We're going to seek to understand. Yeah. And, and in, when we were, I remember when we were writing this and I just can't, I, I remember thinking, I'm like, wow, um, God created culture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have the, 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 one of the ways in, in the uh, the post flood where he's encouraging people to spread out, but even here in this curse story, like, and what God creates is good. We know that, you know, Mm -hmm. so this diversity and spreading out and getting away from the group think and the one way approach was in this, based on this story, it's, it's ordained, you know, it's, it's a divine revelation of who he is. It's, he's diverse. And, you know, I, I go back to like that, the, the Richard Rohr feeling of the closer you get to a authentic God experience, the further your view, the further your love, the further your inclusion gets, you know, it doesn't become less. It doesn't, it, that's the opposite of God is when it, and when it starts excluding people and when it becomes smaller and less and less, that's not a, that's not a, it's not a revelation of God. It's a revelation of your own confirmation biases. A lot of times, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a revelation of your, of your, this is what we need to hold on to. This is how I'm going to pull God into this situation. God pushes us outwards. And the spirit drives us to include more and more. And here, and like we just, we've always said, because Christ is incarnate in all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is, God is there already. And if I can't find it, if I can't find God in my Muslim brother, then that's a problem with me. Right. Not with my Muslim brother. <laughs> right. Because God's there. Yeah. And, and, and 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 my muslim brother can have a god experience. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and even if the name is not the same name that I get. <laughs> yeah. The, well, and sorry, go ahead. 
No, I'm just saying, I mean, like God's name was, I am what I am. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) you go ahead and try to control that, man. But right. if somebody's going to have an experience with me, if they're going to connect with me, like they're going to connect with me. All truth is my truth. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. I don't, you can try to name me. You can try to put your ziggurat up. <laughs> <laughs> you, can put, you can give me a ladder. But, uh, yeah. Exactly. So, I don't well, know. And, no, I love that. And we see, actually, um, this other culture thing, whoops, and yeah. uh, beliefs. Um, if we fast forward to the New Testament in the yeah. Beatitudes. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that because of that. Yeah, I'll tell that story. Tell the story, and then read. Can you read the yeah. passage as well? Yeah, we'll be and we'll end on that, and we'll do another okay. Beatitudes one. But this okay. one, I told Jeremy this story, and he's like, "You have to, you have to say it." So at the beginning, like we were talking about the Beatitudes, and that like who was there? It wasn't like a church service, right? With like everyone looks like you and thinks like you. It was literally so many right. people from different backgrounds, different right. cities, different belief systems that were sitting on this mountaintop, like waiting for Jesus. And it's not like Jesus didn't know that. Does that make sense? Like he yeah. is looking at all of them and saying, this is who it's, who is blessed. And like you just said, guess what? It's everyone. It's the people. <laughs> it's like, we're not excluding people. Surprise. Um, <laughs> I made it all. <laughs> yeah. is that, why is that such a surprise? <laughs> In you and through all of you. <laughs> yes. um, so I got this, um, this is so moving. So I got this email from a woman and she said that she lives in a city that borders Minneapolis and that is close to where um, George Floyd was murdered. And so she said all, everything that has happened over the past two weeks have obviously hit their community very hard. And so they had a community um, like gathering or neighborhood, she said, gathering Um, of sorts and kind of to hold vigil and to just come together. And she said, I don't know if it was her or someone else, um, but had a Tim shell. And so at the gathering, um, the person who had it stood up and read our translation of the Beatitudes. (laughs) And she said that people are just weeping and felt so comforted of the reminder of who's in, you know, and who's included and the, what, the sense of peace that like God actually wants for the world. And I was so touched by that because it's like one day in the middle of Austin, Texas, like on the floor in my bedroom, I'm like, I'm going to write a translation. And then three years later, somebody is like reading it on the face of of this tragedy. It's just like the whole thing. It's so weird to me when you say yes to things, you have no idea where it's going to end up and who it's going to touch and whatever. So incredible. It was so cool. But, um, I'm just going to read this one passage. Um, Actually, two, but. Blessed are the marginalized, those on the edges of society. The gay woman who is not welcomed. The black man who is wrongfully punished. The conservative and the liberal who are falsely judged and pitted against one another the families separated at the border, the ones driven out of their countries, the ones in constant pain, and the ones who are tortured by addiction or mental illness. When no one listens to your story or believes your experience, I hear you and I am on your side. Blessed are you who listen to the stories of the oppressed, refuse to dote on privilege, decide to dismantle unbalanced systems, and seek empathy in the face of anger and strife. 
Blessed are you who seek peace when everyone around you is in conflict. This is the divine in you. Word of the Lord. 